0: Welcome to the Pad the Stats podcast, your destination for everything fantasy football and where fantasy title hopes come true. And now, your host, James Swanson. Oh, I am so excited. We are one step closer to the return of football, everyone. 22 more teams reported to camp today, Wednesday, July 25th. My name is James Swanson. I'm your host. Hope everyone is having a wonderful week. I know I am. It's my Friday. I'm heading on vacation tomorrow, heading to Ocean City, Maryland for my good friend John, his bachelor party this weekend. And it's going to be a great time. So I'm not going to be able to give everybody a ton of fantasy football analysis over the next few days, but I have a lot of great content for you tonight. We're talking quarterback and tight end draft strategy. So I'm going to give you my five rules, okay, my five rules for drafting quarterbacks in this year's class, and I'm also going to give you my five takeaways from this tight end group as well. So uh, so let's get into this thing, but first and foremost, I am by myself tonight. I don't have anybody anybody uh, jumping on this podcast with me. I did do a couple Twitter polls this week, and both of these were very interesting to me. If you saw these, tw- these tweets, um, these polls on Twitter, Uh, It it just, the result surprised me a little bit. So the first one was, which of these running backs would you rather have in a standard league? And the options were Leonard Fournette, Melvin Gordon, and Dalvin Cook. Leonard Fournette got 41% of the votes. Melvin Gordon got 47% of the votes. And Dalvin Cook only got 12% of the votes. This blew me away because Dalvin Cook is my top guy out of these three. I have them ranked Cook as, as number seven um, Gordon at nine and Fournette at 10. That's overall. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. You know, look, I, I just think that Dalvin cook is prime. Look, all three of these guys are, are guys that are going to get 300 plus touches, right? They're, they're probably going to be around 250 carries. They're probably going to be around 260 carries somewhere in that ballpark. They're both, they're all going to catch 40 to 50 passes. I liked what I saw from Dalvin Cook out of those four games last year. I don't think the ACL, I've mentioned this before, I think it's a one-off injury. If he comes in, he's shown that he's good and healthy in camp this this summer and spring. We've heard that from Vikings camp. I just have the feeling that Dalvin Cook is going to come in, command a similar workload that, to what he did in the first four games last year, if you remember correctly. To those four games, I think he was over 22 carries, 21 carries, something like that over that mark. Over the course of the season, he would have finished as a top seven or eight running back. I just I feel strongly about him. I've mentioned my concerns about Leonard Fournette's foot and ankle injuries and his his ability, his durability as a whole. And Melvin Gordon, again, I've I've expressed my concerns about if the touchdowns fall off. Look, I, I like all of these guys. I I do. I really do. I just think Dalvin Cook has the most upside. So the fact that even in a standard league that he came in in third and I can understand people voting a lot for Fournette and I can certainly understand people voting for Melvin Gordon because we've seen it from Melvin Gordon but trust me I think Dalvin Cook is the guy here I I do out of these three I think he's got the most upside even this year even coming off the ACL injury okay um, second Twitter poll question which of these late round quarterback tight end pairings pairings would you rather have And, and the two that I posted Ben Roethlisberger and David Njoku that was one and the second one was was Philip Rivers and George Kittle. This surprised me because the results actually came back in favor of Ben Roethlisberger and David Njoku. Fifty eight percent to Rivers and Kittle was was forty two percent. I I was just a little bit sur- surprised by this because we've seen actually, and I took a look at the numbers, and I thought when looking back through the first the last three or four years, you will see that. Philip Rivers actually has more fantasy points than Ben Roethlisberger. Going all the way back, at Roethlisberger um, edged him out in 2014 when he was a top-five quarterback. But over the last four years, Rivers has actually been... Um, I'm sorry, three years, 2015, 16, 17, has actually had more fantasy points. But if you look per, per game basis, Roethlisberger has actually edged Rivers out. Now, when it comes to the tight ends, for me... At first, I really wanted to lean George Kittle, and I originally had him one spot higher than Njoku in my rankings. I had them 11-12. And the more I looked at it, and I looked at some of Tyrod Taylor's numbers with Buffalo and what Charles Clay was able to do over a 16-game pace from 2015 to 2017. And if you look at those numbers, 95 targets in 2015, 93 targets in sixteen, and 91 targets in seventeen. so that tells me that Tyrod Taylor leaned on Charles Clay a lot. I think David Njoku has a lot more upside than Charles Clay, and I think they're going to feature him more in year two. I just think you take the upside play here, and don't get me wrong, I think George Kittle is a nice option, and I think him and Jimmy Garoppolo will find a bit of a rhythm and connection with one another, but if you look at the numbers last year, I think people are getting really excited about George Kittle. He only saw 19 targets over five games with Jimmy G at quarterback, so the the numbers don't suggest that there was a big connection there, even in five games. I mean, they weren't even, you know, he wasn't even looking Kittle's way more than four times, not even four times a game. And just to look even deeper into the numbers, Garoppolo was attempting 35 passes per game over that same stretch. So I don't, I'm starting to back off on George Kittle a little bit. I still like him as a top 14 tight end. He's right there with me, and I'm higher on Eric Ebron. He's right in that Eric Ebron category with me, and Eric Ebron, Jack Doyle, kind of in that same mix. But I'm actually starting to think I'll take Njoku over George Kittle, and I'll take Roethlisberger and Njoku with that. At first, like I said, I was going to go Rivers-Kittle, but I'm going to go with the public here and say Roethlisberger-Njoku. Okay. We have a bunch of league news and notes to get into. We're going to start this thing off with Chris Carson, the Seattle backfield in general. So Chris Carson, the big news out of Seattle is expected to begin the season as the Seahawks lead back. So look, if you listen to our bus episode, I mentioned this people, I mentioned that I was a little bit scared. I like Rashad Penny's talent. I do. I'm a little bit scared about The usage of the other backs in Seattle, McKissick showed that he was capable last year catching the ball at the backfield, lining up in the slot. Um, They didn't draft CJ Proseis, you know, they they drafted him, if I remember correctly, fairly highly. I, I don't know if he was a third round pick, I'll have to look back at that, but I know that he still has some value as a pass catching back. There were some talks about him maybe not even making the roster, but I think if he does, he's he they're gonna work Pete Carroll's gonna work him in a little bit. And then of course Chris Carson. Chris Carson last year before he had that horrific injury really showed that he was capable of carrying the load a little bit. So look, I'm not this this just muddles things for me more. I certainly had Rashad Penny higher in my rankings than Chris Carson before. I think I still do because I think eventually talent wins out. So I wouldn't panic on Rashad Penny too too much and if you're in a dynasty league certainly draft him where you've been I, I don't think you should have any concerns long term that Rashad Penny's going to be the guy they invested a first round pick in him but for now you can't look at Penny any as any more than a flex option to begin the season I don't think you can and for Chris Carson you know he might have some RB2 low end RB2 you know value to begin the season probably more of a flex play as well. But, but really, both of these guys, as of right now, if the season were to start today, I think you have to look at both of them as flex options. And I moved Penny down in my rankings a good six or seven spots in, in both formats because of that that fact and because of that news. Okay, 9 News in Denver is reporting that Devontae Booker ex- is expected to start week one. Another backfield that we're expecting some shuffling to go on. I think a lot of people have, you know, looked at Royce Freeman and thought that he eventually will carve out a three-down role in that offense. I don't know if that's going to happen. I don't know when it would happen. Uh, well, I should say, I, I think it's going to happen. I don't know when it's going to happen. I think much like Seattle, I don't think either of these guys, Devontae Booker or Royce Freeman, are going to be more than a solid flex play in a 10-12-man and 12 man redraft league. Um, You know, I would bet right... If I would bet right now, I, I feel stronger about Devonte Booker having a better chance at being at RB2 status than say Chris Carson. I think he'll get more of a shot there just because again, Rashad Penny was drafted in the first round. Okay, by now just about everybody knows about the Josh Gordon news. Uh, we know he's absent to begin training camp. We don't know how it's, how long it's going to be. We've heard back and forth that he has said now that it's not going to be a very long absence. Look, it's hard to say. We we've heard that there haven't been any slip ups or failed tests. Uh, I think Adam Schefter reported that as well, but a few other sources too. So, look, right now, if you're drafting today, I don't think th- I would be very scared to date Josh Gordon in the third or f- even maybe the fourth round. I I took him in our dynasty draft, I believe with my third pick. So look right now, it's it's a scary situation. You just kind of have to wait and see. And again, this is one of the reasons why I would not like to have a redraft draft in July, we try to wait until the very last week of August, or if we can early September, you know, Labor Day weekend, that's when I try to make most of my drafts because of specifically news like this, and injuries, of course, but just hold on to Josh Gordon for now. On You know, hold on to... I, I would stay pat is what I'm trying to say. Stay pat on him for right now, but things are going to come out. Hopefully, he'll show up to camp here very soon. Carson Wentz is not going to end up on the training... begin training camp on the active pup. That is awesome news. Awesome, awesome news. I had moved him down below Andrew Luck. Uh, below... I'll have to take a look at my rankings. I think I had moved him down. I had him at four. I think I moved him down to six. I might actually bump him back up. I'm very high on Carson Wentz. It was just a matter of, hey, is he going to be on the active pup? How many preseason games would he play? Is he going to miss week 1 because we knew Doug Peterson said that was a possibility. Now it looks like he won't. That's great. I mean, this is great, great news. So, um everything seems to be good there in Philly. LaShawn McCoy did report to camp today apparently, so or he at least, you know, he was supposed to. So that is we don't know yet. You know, is is he going to wind up on the exempt list? We're really not sure. It, it's just kind of a wait and see with thing with Sean McCoy. It, again, another guy who if I'm drafting today, I am very scared to take him, you know, even in the third or fourth round. Man, I, I'm probably not going to own any shares because I wouldn't get him in the fifth round. I, w- I wouldn't think, you know, but a- again, I, I just would caution you if you are going to take him in the third round, Look, we just don't know what the situation is left w- is yet. We knew from all the reports that this whole situation was kind of gruesome and, and really bad. So, look, still more to come here. Todd Gurley signed a four-year, sixty million dollar extension, forty-five million guaranteed, huge deal for a running back. So Todd Gurley going to be in L.A. for a while. Uh, Dante Fowler was suspended one game for violating the league's, substance, league's personal conduct policy. Excuse me. Um, that actually stemmed from last summer. It was a simple battery, mischief charges. Um. So he'll miss the first game of the season. Uh, Packers news is reporting that Jimmy Graham is expect, expected to get a majority of his snaps on the outside. We'll talk about more more about him later. W- wide receiver Chad Williams is reportedly looking more comfortable in the Cardinals' offense. It's going to be interesting to see who, who claims the number two spot behind Fitzy. Right now, we don't know if it's going to be Christian Kirk, J.J. Nelson, you know, Bryce Butler. It, there are a lot of names there. It's just a matter of who kind of steps up and claims that role. I would love to see Christian Kirk be that guy. I think J.J. Nelson still has some value, especially as a deep threat running in the high four twos like he did a few years back. So, look, uh, there's still a lot to be had there behind Larry Fitzgerald in Arizona. Cardinals tight end uh, Jermaine Gresham will hit the active pup list. He tours Eric you know, he's He's just six months removed from that. So he could miss the beginning of the regular season. Again, we don't think that the Ricky Seals-Jones incident is going to be anything severe. I would not even expect him to be suspended for what happened. And this is probably, I would imagine, even better news for Ricky Seals-Jones, and I've been high on him as well, um, you know, as kind of a sleeper tight end. Matt Nagy is confident that Jordan Howard can be an every-down player. Look, he's my RB12 in standard and RB14 in PPR, I originally had him at 279 carries. I might still back off of that a little bit. But look, I still like him to carry the ball 260 plus times, maybe 270 times. He's shown it the past couple of years. I mean, why can't he do it again? I'm not quite as high on Rick Cohen as everybody else, though I know he did catch, I think it was right around 60 balls last year, and, and he could certainly catch that and maybe even more. But I still think they're going to lean on Jordan Howard quite a bit, especially the the fact that, and this is, I'll just jump right into the news about Mitch Trubisky. It's been reported that he's been wildly inconsistent so far in spring and summer practices. Excuse me. So, you know, what What to make of this offense? Are they going to really give all of the workload to Mitch Trubisky or let the reins kind of off or let go of the reins? Or are they still going to lean on Jordan Howard a bit? And I would actually lean towards the latter at this point. At least that's the way I would think it's going to kind of unfold. We'll just have to wait and see. Um, Titans placed right tackle Jack Conklin on the active pup with the ACL injury from uh, the divisional game against the Patriots last season. But uh, he could actually be one guy, I wanted to bring this up, because he could actually be a guy that's eligible for the reserve pup list and missed the first six games of the season. So really interesting situation there in Tennessee. You're going to want to have to keep an eye on Jack Conklin and you know that Titans offensive line would affect Derrick Henry, would affect Deion Lewis, would affect the whole offense. Okay, I think we're ready to jump into the draft strategy talk. So we're going to talk quarterbacks first. I'm really excited about this. I have five rules, okay? You're going to have to follow these. Five rules for quarterback strategy. Let's jump right into it. Number one, look, the only quarterback that you should be taking in the first four rounds is Aaron Rodgers, bottom line. In our mock draft, I selected him 32nd overall, 3.8. I was very very happy with that his current ADP is 29th overall in non-PPR, 37th all 37th overall in PPR. Can't talk tonight, jeez. 37th overall in PPR. Excuse me. And look, I I just think that that's that's very that that's cut and dry, right? Aaron Rodgers is far and above the top quarterback if he can stay healthy 16 games. We know that's been a bit of a challenge for him in his career, but I still Just believe that he is far and above that guy. He's going to throw a ton of touchdowns. If he's there for 16 games, you're looking at probably 35-plus touchdowns. And you should be happy getting him in the third round. Middle to late, look, early third round, a little bit more of a stretch in my personal opinion. But when you get to the middle part of the third round, and whether you've gone running back, running back, whether you've gone running back, wide receiver, whatever you've done. Now, now for me, in our mock draft, I went receiver-receiver. So it was a little bit dif- more difficult because I know once we get into the, th- the fourth round that I was going to have a tough decision at running back. But I just could not pass up on Aaron Rodgers at that point. Rule number two, don't draft Deshaun Watson at his current ADP. Okay, He's going as the, qu- as the number two quarterback right now, 37th overall in non-PPR in the four- top of the fourth round and 47th overall in PPR. That's the end of the fourth round. Look, he's played seven games and it's coming off a second torn ACL. I know it's, I think it was different knees, but look, I just, I just still have concerns. I don't know if he can be, I I still think he's a good talent. I just don't know if he's going to be as efficient or if the Texans' offense is going to be nearly as efficient with him back under center this year as they were in the seven games last year. Now that teams have a little bit of tape on him. I'm just I just have concerns. I, I it's just the unknown, which scares me with Deshaun Watson. That's why I would not take him as my QB two Ivan, but actually as my QB eight. And look, in terms of non ppr currently going in front of him in, in in you know ADP, Stefan Diggs, Amari Cooper, Zach Ertz, Juju Smith Schuster, Alshon Jeffrey, Demarius Thomas. I mean, I there's a handful of those guys. I don't know if I'd pick all of those guys. I would probably take most of those guys over to Deshaun Watson right now, if not all of them, and currently in in front of Watson in a PPR league, Golden Tate, Brandon Cooks, Alshon Jeffrey, Sony Michelle, Mark Ingram, Landry, Ronald Jones. I would certainly take Golden Tate, Brandon Cooks, Alshon Jeffrey. Jeffrey. I would take Jarvis Landry. I would take Ronald Jones. I just think that you are much much better off to not take Deshaun Watson at this point if you are not going to get. Again, Aaron Rodgers in that third round. I would I would seriously wait on a quarterback at this point and not take Deshaun Watson where he's currently going in the fourth round. Rule number three, don't panic if four or five quarterbacks go between rounds five and six in a non-PPR, that is, and, and six and seven in a PPR. The, the reason I state that is because we know the quarterbacks go a little bit early in non-PPR. In a PPR, they're going a little bit later. So, between round five and seven, If you don't get a quarterback, one of those four or five quarterbacks, I'm talking Brady, Wilson, Wentz, Breeze, Newton, don't panic, okay? Don't panic because this is still an area where you can load up on value at running back and receiver. If you've taken a tight end at this point, you're you're still, you're still able to get maybe a third running back, a third wide receiver at this point, so maybe even a fourth wide receiver. So don't panic. You can still get a lot of good value at quarterback, in rounds eight through ten, eight through eleven. So, this isn't a point where if you don't get one of these guys, it's it's the floodgates have not opened. You're still fine. You you're still getting value while these guys are you know quarterbacks are going in bunches in these couple rounds. Rule number four, and this kind of this comes right from what I just said. Don't panic if if four or five quarterbacks go between rounds five and six, and you don't get them. Make friends with the late-round quarterbacks. That's rule number four. Make friends with them. Round 7 through 11, okay? Kirk Cousins, Matt Stafford, Andrew even Andrew Luck right now. Now, his ADP is going to skyrocket, especially the news that he is a full go at training camp. He might even play in the first preseason game. Matt Ryan, Phillip Rivers, Ben Roethlisberger, I mean, all these guys, look, they all have quarterback one pedigrees. We've seen it from from them all, basically. Especially Stafford, he's been... A mainstay at four thousand yards. We've seen it from Rivers. We've seen it from roethlisberger I mean, Matt Ryan was the MVP just two years ago. And Kirk Cousins is has been past happy in Washington. And I expect him to be very good in Minnesota with with you know throwing to the receivers that he is in Thielen and Diggs and having to be able to lean on the running game with Dalvin Cook. So these are all really good quarterbacks that you can get in these later rounds. And rule number five, again, this these three rules here, three, four, and five, kind of stem off each other. Rule number five is don't wait too long either, though. That That's one thing I want to caution you on is to this point, my rules have been, hey, conservative, conservative. This rule is don't be too conservative, right? Don't wait too long because it does start getting iffy in round 11. There's some injury concerns. There's some age concerns with guys. You know, Eli Manning has been very inconsistent. And just inconsistencies in general, we're talking about, Again, and young guys, young guys, Patrick Mahomes, young guy, we don't know what, we haven't seen anything yet. Marcus Mariota, inconsistent injuries. Derek Carr, inconsistent. Alex Smith. I mean, outside of last year, Alex Smith was, was nothing more than a QB2 that you could play on some bye weeks and stream. Dak Prescott was very, very mediocre last year when Ezekiel Elliott was not in the lineup. And again, he's a young guy. We just have not seen it consistently. Eli has been very inconsistent. He's, he's 36, 37 years old, whatever he is. Jameis Winston's going to be suspended for the first few games. Now, I do think Jameis Winston on a per-game basis is still going to be very good. And you're, I think you should draft him with your—he he would be the one guy who I would say, even if you're in a 12-man league, a 14-man league, whatever it is, and you have five or six bench spots— I think Jameis Winston is somebody that I would be totally okay with if you drafted him in the back half of your draft instead of picking up wide receiver running back flyers. Take Jameis Winston, stash him. By by game four, look, they go to Chicago and then they have a bye week. But I think on a per-game basis, when you come back week six through 16, whatever, I I still think that you're going to get a very, very good fantasy quarterback. And then finally, Mitch Trubisky. Another guy, we just have not seen it yet. I already mentioned it. He's been extremely inconsistent in spring practices, summer practices so far. Again, a lot of injury, age, inconsistency, inconsistency concerns with that list of quarterbacks I just gave you. So it does get very iffy round, starting in round 11 pretty much. So that's my rule number five. Just don't wait too, too long for a quarterback. Okay, so those were my five rules when drafting quarterbacks this year. Just in a little bit of a recap here. Again, rule number one, draft Aaron Rodgers. He's the only one QB you can draft in the first four rounds. Rule two, don't draft Deshaun Watson at his current ADP in the fourth round, early fourth, late fourth. Rule three, don't panic if you don't get one of the four or five quarterbacks that go in rounds five through seven. Rule number four, make friends with the late round QBs. And rule five, don't wait too, too long or it it gets a little iffy past round 11 with starting quarterbacks or lack of starting quarterbacks, I should say. Okay, on to the tight end. So I have five takes. I'm going to do this a little bit differently, not really a rules thing, but I have kind of five takes when I look at this quarterback class and, or quarterback class, tight end class, and kind of just what I make of them. Number one, Gronk is still fine at the back half of the second round, but I caution you, expect him to miss time. He's not played a full 16-game season since 2011. And... Look, in a 12-team league, you're probably going to be able to get him on the turn. Just keep that in mind. So a, a likely scenario is you take Todd Gurley, number one, if you're the first pick, then you take Gronk and maybe Mike Evans. So I love that scenario. I do. I think that's three great picks at, at, the, at the one spot on the turn, Um, excuse me, and then Look, the the only thing, the only thing here is there there were a few things when I was just taking a look at Gronk's ADP and kind of where he fell in the ranks. There are receivers that I like more than him that are going behind him, Mike Evans, Doug Baldwin, even TY Hilton now that with the Andrew Luck news. They're currently going behind him in both formats I would rather have. If you're just looking at strictly the rankings and the ADPs, I would rather have those guys over Gronk. In a non-PPR, Joe Mixon, this is on kind of the other side of the coin, Joe Mixon is going in front of him, and I would I would rather have Gronk than Joe Mixon, but that's just me. So, again, rule number one, Gronk is fine at the back half of the second round, but again, expect him to probably miss time. That's just something you want to keep in mind. Rule number two, we've talked about tier Gronk forever, right? That's all analysts talk about, tier Gronk. It's not even tier one, it's, it, it's literally Gronk on his own island, you take Gronk number one no matter what. Well... If you're in a PPR league, I don't think it's that crazy to take Travis Kelsey over Rob Gronkowski at this point in their careers. Look, over the last two years, Kelsey's averaged 84 receptions over 1,000 yards. He's been absolutely fantastic. Now, I know Alex Smith is gone. In comes Patrick Mahomes, but he's a young quarterback. I still think they're going to—I I still think he peppers Travis Kelsey a ton with targets. And if you're looking at the numbers in terms of fantasy points over the last couple of years, Gronk did edge Kelsey in non-PPR leagues. By 8 points last season. But but Kelsey beat out Gronk. By 6 points in PPR. So that's how close they are in both formats. I would still very slightly lean Gronk. Because I think he gives you a better chance. At double digit touchdowns. Like Gronk's probably got a better chance. At 11 or 12 touchdowns. Than Kelsey at this point. And Kelsey's cap is probably 8. Or maybe 9. But. I think that even the 70-75 catches that Gronk has, you know, that'll still trump out the 90 catches and, and 7 or 8 touchdowns that, that Kelsey has at the end of the day, even in a PPR league. So that's why I would take Gronk just slightly over Kelsey. But again, that's my second point here. It's not that crazy to take Kelsey over Gronk. Number three, after Zach Ertz, you're probably better off waiting a few rounds to draft a tight end. Ertz is currently going early to mid fourth round, which is totally fine. I'm 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 I'd be very happy with drafting Zach Ertz in the fourth round. Say I go running back, running back, receiver, you know, two receivers and running back, whatever the case. Even if I took even if I was to take Aaron Rodgers in the third round, whatever the scenario, I would be okay if Ertz is there for me in the mid to late fourth round with taking him. Um but I think he's the last tight end option who has a really good chance at 105 plus targets and eight plus touchdowns. That's just my opinion, along with obviously Kelsey and, and uh, uh, Gronk. And, but after rounds four and five, it's mostly pass catching running backs and flex options so you're ru- at the running back position. So that's kind of my point here is is outside of Ertz, you know, when you get to that fifth and sixth round or, you know, it just gets murky. I think you really want to I think you should go out and grab one of these starting running backs that you can still get at this point rather than, for example, and this brings me into my fourth point among um, tight ends, Jimmy Graham I don't think is worth a fifth-round draft pick at this point. That's where his current ADP is early to mid-fifth mid round. Look, in a non-PPR league, I wouldn't mind him as the fourth tight end off the board. I think in a PPR it's a little different story. He's only averaged 60 catches over the last two seasons, not even you know barely over 700 yards over the last two years. So in between the 20s, it's not great. I still think that Jimmy Graham probably gives you a pretty good chance. Um, I don't bet he's going to catch double digit touchdowns, but I think he gives you a good chance at it. Um, but again, I, I think I just think this is a place to grab starting running back. You can get Ronald Jones. Lamar Miller, Mark Ingram even. And and look, I've said before, once Mark Ingram comes back from four games, I expect him to step in to a very, very heavy role um, in a very proficient offense at that. And, and then look, Jarvis Landry is going behind him, Jimmy Graham in PPR leagues. I can't figure that out. I would definitely take Jarvis Landry over Jimmy Graham, no question. And then look, just to cap this thing off, my my fifth, point among tight ends call me crazy but if jordan reed stays healthy i hope he does i hope the toe clears up and he's good once training camp you know he might miss a little bit of training camp but i hope he's good to go by the start of the regular season i think he's going to be a top five tight end i really do right now he's currently my tight end seven a lot higher than most uh you know analysts have him but uh, look I, i just mentioned that travis kelsey Average 84 receptions over the last two years for over a 1,000 yards with Alex Smith. Well, guess who Jordan Reed's playing with this year? Alex Smith. He's going to lean on Jordan Reed, and Jordan Reed is a very athletic tight end. He's still only, I think, 28 years old, 27, 28 years old. And remember, in 2015, he had 87 catches for 950-plus yards, 11 touchdowns in just 14 games. So, look, I would be okay with taking him in the mid to late 7th round. He's currently going in the back half of the 8th round. I have him ahead of Delaney Walker and Kyle Rudolph. I just think the upside to Jordan Reed is just so tremendous He's still, even with the concussion and problems, even with the toe injury. I, I'm still in love with Jordan Reed um, at the end of the day. Okay, well, look, that's really all I have today. Just the the quarterback and tight end strategy, my top points. Uh, I think we covered most of the league news and notes in the Twitter polls. So, you know, these uh, – these, solo podcasts go a little bit quicker and we don't have other people on with us the past couple we've had have been uh have been pretty long so uh, like i mentioned i'll be at the beach for the next few days i'll be back on sunday hopefully i can get a podcast out sunday or monday for y'all and um look thanks again for listening to the podcast we really really appreciate it go follow us subscribe on on uh on itunes on stitcher um tune in radio and Google Play Music, and um, just a, two other points I wanted to make. If, you, if you're doing some research out there, you're doing mock drafts. Sleeper Bot. We just did our mock draft the other day on Sleeper Bot. It's actually Sleeper. If you just if you go to your Play Store on an Android or um, on an iPhone, if you just you know, look at the app Sleeper, it's a great mock draft, um, especially f- for drafting with friends because you can kind of customize it, pick your spot, and, and start the draft whenever you want with friends. So. It's a great app. I really, really like it. You can use it on a tablet. Even even on, you know, the app looks great, but also on a desktop looks great too. And then Fantasy Football Calculator is what I've been using for all of my ADP listings. And again, I just love it. I think it's uh I think it's fantastic. It gives me it's it's up to date with the ADPs and it's just a really, really nice listing. So again, thanks everybody. Have a great rest of your night and uh, have a great rest of your week. Have a great weekend. Be safe. We'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye.